most of the time we are trying to find what we're not so we're distracted everyone has a talent everyone has a skill and most people that you talk to they'll be like oh but i'm not good at this i i'm i'm definitely not this but yet you can sing but yet you can drum but yet you are great at public speaking but yet you have a podcast and you talk so flamboyantly you know that's a skill that's a talent that you have that if you invest in more time into if you started to link up with people who bring that best part of you out hey everyone welcome to the power of why podcast this is an interview style show that talks to leaders who are purpose-driven I started to notice a pattern amongst folks who are fulfilled and lived in alignment. They walk different, they know why they spend time doing their work, and they are fueled by impact. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 35 of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Haile, and today I am here with the incredible Fatuma Ku. Fatuma, how are you doing today? <laughs> I am doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure and it's an honor. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. I know we've only had about <laughs> three interactions since we've met, but in each one, yeah. it's I was always blown away by your integrity and your compassion for people. And um, I really want people to learn more about you and your art through this episode. So thanks for being here. Thank you. This is a blessing. So for everyone, I will provide you some context on Fatuma and her story. Uh, Fatuma was born in Liberia and raised in Canada, and she draws inspiration from both her African heritage and her Canadian home through her distinct art and storytelling ability. Fatuma's deep-rooted passion is to encourage people to embrace their own uniqueness. Every piece of her art that she makes holds meaning and is a vessel to tell many stories that resonate with people on a very fundamental level. She is capturing the human experience through her own lens and is offering people uh, beautiful pieces of art to connect to and share with their community. I can tell you when I first came across Fatuma's art, she was showcasing her pieces at a gala uh, held by the Embassy of Gabon and I was simply speechless. Uh, she was on her way to the event, but I felt that I had already met her, met her through her through her art and through her, her books. And Fatuma became a published writer in 2018 and even held her first book signing a year later in 2019. She continues to surprise and delight her audience and community through her work. She writes, draws, paints, and on her days off, she spends time giving back to the community at a local shelter in Ottawa, Canada. Her manifesto is that we each have a gift and our souls are uniquely crafted to make the world a better and more inclusive place. Her art is a way of self-expression and also to call attention to the beauty in tradition and diversity. Again, thanks so much, Fatima, for being here. I'd love for you to share a little bit about... What a great intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, speak to me, girl. <laughs> Uh, I'd really love for you to share a little bit more about your origin story and how you grew up. What was your family like life um, and your, your, just your dynamics at home growing up? So I was born in Liberia, but I grew up in Guinea-Conakry. Um, Guinea is a French country. Um, my experience growing up as a little girl is waking up, um, going to school or going to the market with my mom. And it's, it's totally a privilege being in Canada and being a Canadian citizen now because growing up, food was really hard. 
Um, I grew up in a time where the little you have, you eat with so much gratefulness and, and pride because it's like, I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to have the same meal. So on days that I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like eating this. And I think about those days that that was not an option. You would have what you got and you, you, you made so much of it and, and you were so grateful for it. So that, that kind of ties into most of my art that I, ha- that I do draw and paint now. It's just introducing the audience to an African culture and to, to, let, to let everybody know that we're proud to be Africans, that being an African is such a, it, it's so meaningful and it's, it's such a powerful thing because our culture is embracing, our culture is diverse. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for God to, to have given me such a talent. I'll have links to Fatima's work in the show notes, so make sure to check it out. But her, her art, she classifies and she beautifully creates these pieces of people. And it's, your, your art is so intricate. And even in <laughs> the stuff that I have seen, I've seen bits of pieces of Ethiopia, like my heritage and my culture, yes. uh, through your art as well. So, <laughs> so how, what was the evolution like when you started drawing? And what's the story behind that? Um, I started drawing in uh, about two years ago, so in 2017, um, um, end of 2017, when I had my son. So my son fell very ill um, and we were about to lose him. Um, so at that time, as a parent, I'm, I'm like, God, this is it. So I read on Pinterest somewhere that when you're about to lose someone, um, you get their fingerprints on a canvas. So I told myself on this um, day that I was going to get a canvas from the dollar store and I was going to get his print if ever it was God's um, doing that, that he wasn't going to stay with us for um, a long period of time. I would still have memories of him through different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came home that day, instead of me taking his fingerprints um, on, on a canvas, I started to draw things of my own imagination, things that brought me peace. Um, so nature was one of the things that I was really drawn to. Um, uh, so I started drawing sunset. So you see the beginning of my art, it's very sunset oriented because um, I see beauty and, and hope uh, through sunset. Mm-hmm. So that was God's way of redirecting my energy that I had at that moment into something positive that I wasn't going to lose someone that I loved so much, but yet I was going to find myself through a craft or, um, or a gift that, ha- that I had abandoned because growing up as an African girl, um, it's good to have a talent, but art is not one of those things that your parents are very proud of. It's like, oh, you can draw, that's perfect. Good for you, girl. I need you to go to school. <laughs> like, I need you to get a university degree in something. Like, you can put some pencil and, and some, like, um, crayons together and make it look nice. This is good. <laughs> But it, it wasn't so embraced growing up. It's like my my parents knew I had something with art, but they didn't know what it was. And they weren't even going to fall for it because it's like, okay, you got to do better. This is not it. You know, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to bring in money. So I went through to university. I did international development at Ottawa U. I finished in 20, uh, 2015. And then when I had my son, like I said, this was God's way of re. Uh, reintroducing me to something that I had abandoned and something that I, I pushed aside. Um, so, so yeah, that's how I discovered my art and my, my, my love for art. That's incredible. And the fact that it was part of you before, you know, as a young child and as a kid, and it was something that was reignited almost, 
And mm-hmm. I, I think people are fascinating in that way that we have, we're almost like onions. And the more that we peel, <laughs> the more that we get to our, our deep root. One thing that I'd love for you to talk about during that time in your life was how, I know that was a very like painful moment for you. What ended up happening with, with your son and his health? And how did that also um, interrelate with your art? So my son is doing really good. He's now two years old, and I'm thankful to God that his health got better. So when he was three months old, my my son's grandma was like, oh, you know, he's a boy. He eats a lot, so you need to get him on formula. I'm like, okay. I finally gained the courage to go to Walmart and get this child's formula so he doesn't breastfeed so much. I came home. I fed him a bottle, and within 15 minutes, he turned purple, and then his his Mm. whole body was like, rashed up and his lungs started to close and his breathing was um not he wasn't breathing like as, really as properly as so it was very shallow and you could hear uh-huh. him wheezing um so i panicked um we called 911 but it took too long to get there so i put i uh, my partner and i got him in the car we took him to chill um so we got there and they're like why are you bringing him in now you should have stayed and waited for 911 you could have lost him and in my head as a parent, I'm like, woman, if you understood, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, so that that was that background. Um, so when we learned that he he had um, eczema and he was deadly allergic to milk, it was a wake up call for both of us because we don't have such allergies in our in our backgrounds or yeah. our family. So it meant that we couldn't have milk around us. It meant that people couldn't just give him chocolate in public. Um, and even till now, when I take him in a public space, you would get people trying to feed your child candy, which is normal because um, they're trying to be nice. But at the same time, they should be cognizant that different kids have different allergies because yes. it's more prominent at this at this point. So with that being said, he's very well. Um, we've taken into account the things that he can have and the things that he cannot have. But how that, that connects with my art is that I, I, was, I don't want to say he was the reason why I, I found myself through my craft, but I would say him plus God is the reason why I was able to basically identify myself through through what I had abandoned, through something that I never considered as part of me. And now I, I see how much I've grown with my art when I had started from just painting sunsets to now being able to paint faces and to being able to teach Afro paint night and write children's books and being able to inspire others to see themselves and, and be proud of who they are, be proud of their their um, diversity, their their originality and just being embraced and when I met you actually that's something I fell in love with your hair I'm like she is so bold um and just being able to see that fierceness and that 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 unapologeticness into into other beings is beautiful so yeah thank you oh my goodness I remember that moment vividly too and I'm curious to learn about what you through sharing your art and being active in the community as well. So you do Afro Paint Night, which I'm super excited for next week. And you're going to be doing the, you've been doing those in a very frequent manner, hosting these types of events. And I'm super fascinated to see how, like what you've learned about people by hosting these public functions and seeing the interaction Mm -hmm. that they've had, not only with your art, but also Mm -hmm. with the art that they've created for themselves in this kind of space. Yeah, um, one of my favorite thing about Paint Night, I first got into it because I wanted to see how I could could kind of discover my another part of me um, by 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 inviting people to 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 see their own creativity 
Um, so it was it was nerve wracking to make that decision. When I started, I was again very nervous, but I went into it. I'm like, God, if this is your plan, let it be. And it's it's been done. Um, I think I've hosted about six to seven paint nights so far. Yeah. And my favorite thing is watching people come in and they see what we're going to draw, and they're like. I'm not an artist. I, I can't. I can't do this. Like, like, girl, this is not what I'm here for. I thought we were just gonna like eat and just like throw the the paintbrush places, and then they'll they'll be colored somewhere. I'm like, no, we can all do it. So, mm-hmm. so going from the beginning of no, I can't to oh my goodness, I did this. It's just seeing everybody's focus. They're so focused on their canvas, and and this kind of reminds me of of reality. Reminds me about life. Sometimes when you're so focused on who you are, you're not even distracted about what someone else is doing. And that is what I see in every paint night. Every person that comes in uh, gets to get so attached to their craft and, and trying to create something so original that they're not distracted. They're not bothered about what someone else is doing, but being able to create themselves and see what, you know, what, what they can do, what they're capable of, um, I think is absolutely beautiful. Um, because at the end, you can see different personalities through coming out through their craft. Wow. And that's such a beautiful metaphor for life as well. Like when you are in your lane doing this, mm-hmm. doing the work that is so aligned with your, with your talents and your passion and mm-hmm. your purpose. And when you're not looking around to see what other people are doing <laughs> and just, yes. I mean, I think that's how you're able to elevate in your own purpose and elevate. Yeah. In at your natural best, I think oftentimes yeah. you become your best self, basically. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I've noticed, even I'd love for you to speak about this, but even in my own life, when I've been so distracted by what other people are going to think about me doing this or doing that, it's made me super not only unfocused, distracted, but also unfulfilled. I, I just didn't feel aligned yes. with, with yes. myself. So what, what's been your personal journey um, in that? Being an artist, I would say it's a little different <laughs> because often, often we get distracted. We have this outburst of, of creativity and yes. then that outburst does not really last long. It, it's like you, you get this creative juice flowing for three months and then you're dry. I know it's, it's not very specific to what you're talking about, but being an artist, I find that we get distracted very easily. So a way that I'm able to tie myself back to my purpose or, or a goal is to keep reminders. So like having morning rituals is very important for me. Having agendas, having a plan is really important. If you ask me today, what's your plan for a month from today? I know because I've planned it. And, and I mean, it might not go specifically as I planned because that, that might be part of God's doing, but I can now tell you assuredly that I, I'm, I'm aligned with my vision and where I see my life going. First is when, it, when I just fell with the, the wind and it's like, oh, wherever life takes me, that's where I would go. Yes, but I also know what I want and, and where I want life to take me, right? So it's creating a roadmap and but also yes. not being tightly tightly glued to that roadmap too and taking opportunities right. that align as they come amen exactly that girl <laughs> mm-hmm. and i'm curious about your process for writing editing and publishing your your books as well you write children's books these incredible tales and stories to inspire young people what what inspired you to to write these stories and how, what was your creative process like 
So what inspired or what what inspires my story is my little cousins and nephews um, and my niece. So my first book is called Where Mom Is From. Every time I would babysit or spend the night over at my sister's house, her her little son, my nephew, would ask me, so what do you guys do in Africa? Because for him, Africa is just uh, like an orange. <laughs> for him, Africa is just, uh, it's just, it's like an apple. It's just a one thing, you know? Yeah. So what do you guys do in Africa? Like when you when you want to buy something, how do you buy them? Like you know, what kind of animals do you have in Africa? So like like <laughs> so with his notion of Africa being a one thing or like a a little a little piece of uh, of paper or just just like an orange, like I said, um, I had to put on my creative um, mindset to kind of paint something for him and yeah. people uh, and little kids that are just as curious as he is to learn about their the parents um this is why i called it where mom is from um teaching him that where i'm from these are the dances that we do this is the these are the games that we play we have two seasons raining season and dry season so they inspire my books a lot my second book is i am and i wrote that for my niece because she is now in into high school and when she got into high school she felt um as though her skin color was not was not smooth it wasn't light skin it wasn't as as glowy as her other friends um so she felt she she got bullied basically so she would always come home and say oh um i i don't like my skin it's not as nice as as my friend and i'll ask him like what does your friend look like because she's describing someone who is nearly impossible to be alive right now it's like she is too perfect yeah. you know so i'm like so what is what is your friend like and why do you think your dark chocolate mocha does not look as good, you know? Mm. And um, she would tell me why she feels the way she feels. And it's okay that she is feeling that way, but there are other things that we can also embrace about who we are. It's nice that your friend is who she is. And it's good that you are not your friend. It's good that you have something so unique to you that is also equally beautiful and that can be embraced. So I wrote I Am as a reaffirmation book to kids and to little, little girls out there who are feeling as though there is something missing, there is something that they're not good at. So, so part of it is I am beautiful, I am thankful, I am forgiving. So just allowing us to know that every single morning you wake up, this is something that you are, and that's how you're going to manifest that to someone else. Wow. I am, I, oh my goodness. I know you create art, but to take it to another level there's something very special about artists and i think the reason that people are so drawn to them and emotional when they see art in every form whether it's music whether it's the painting and the art that you do and even the stories mm -hmm. that you share is because mm -hmm. people see themselves in you and artists have this this way of being so raw and able to capture these emotions that maybe we don't have the language <laughs> or the creativity to do yes. ourselves. And so I think that's why people have this very like emotional and also very like liberating experience when they interact mm -hmm. with, with your work. I'm curious, have you read these books to them and what has been their yes. like, reaction? <laughs> I think um, the greatest reaction, both of them had amazing reaction. My nephew, he reads to me and, and my new book just came out and I yes. forgot it in my car and he's like, He's like, where is the new book? He, it almost feels like I write these books for him. He yeah. says, only him. He's like, where is the new book? I'm like, oh, ba baby, I left it in the car. He's like, okay, I'm going to go get it. So it's just the enthusiasm that he has about reading what's next. Keeps me going. So my favorite is my niece. When I told her 
what her story meant to me and what I was able to do with what she told me and how I feel about her, what I see when I see her, when I see her and, and I see art, when I see her, I see her as a, as a unique, a special, a beautiful, an amazingly crafted person by God and, and just allowing her to also see that in herself. It, I mean, I would say it, but if she doesn't believe it, then it means it's not real. It means that she, she doesn't feel that way. But uh, I wrote a whole book, Baby Girl, for you because I know you're amazing and I want you to see that. So um, she teared up. She, she was very emotional to see that her auntie feels that way about her. And I hope that every little girl out there who gets to listen to this or who gets to read reaffirmation books can also see themselves as, as special, as, as, uh, as amazing because being a girl is not easy. I know being a man isn't easy, but being a woman is extraordinarily hard. We have to wake up every single day assuring ourselves that our, our presence and our existence, it, it, it matters and there is a purpose for it, right? Were you always this convicted in, in your message? Like growing up, did you, because I know for me growing up here especially, I didn't, like what you're telling your, your niece is not something that I inherently believed. I, I see myself, my younger self, my eight-year-old, my six-year-old self, and your niece too, of not feeling that black was beautiful and wanting yeah. to be a part of my culture. So is this something that I know you being, you know, growing up in, uh, being born in Liberia, was, was this like a message that you were firmly rooted in or was it something that you have learned as you got older? I would say something that I've learned as I've gotten older because um, growing in Africa, you don't see different. Everybody looks like you. Everybody kind of talks like you. So you don't, you don't feel a sense of difference or as though, you know, something is missing. It's when you get in a place of diversity that you start looking at yourself as different. It's mm -hmm. when you start comparing yourself to your counterpart and thinking they have something that I don't. And then what you have, you discount. As a little girl, I would say I got bullied, bullied a lot because I had an accent. And I, I still do, but I was more French then because I grew up in Guinea-Conakry. So my first language going to school and what I learned was basically French. So when I got here, I was told that I had to go to an English school because that's what was needed then. So my parents were convinced and I went through the English system. So reading in class was really hard for me. Because every time I would read, people would make fun of me. Like my, my classmates would say words over and over just because I said it in a wrong way or <laughs> I said it in a more French way. So that kind of made me feel intimidate, intimidated because reading now, I was really shy. So every time I would get asked to read in class, I would look at the teacher like, are you sure? <laughs> like, mm. do you really want me to do this? But in, in terms of my skin color and, and how, how I grew up feeling confident in myself, I would say it's not something that started till... I was 23 years old when I intentionally started to, to think, okay, I have this and I'm, I'm sufficient. Like I, I'm important. I'm, I'm beautiful just as I am. It didn't feel that way growing up because again, being black was not something that was truly embraced. It's just now we have the whole melanin um, popping melanin Quinn thing going on. <laughs> but when I was a little girl, there was no melanin Quinn. It was melanin right. dark, melanin <laughs> charcoal, you know? And, right. and being charcoal or being dark skin was not beautiful. It was not embraced. It was like, oh, you're dark skin? Yeah, too dark, you know? So now I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's a work in progress. And even going into board meetings, knowing that my skin color is going to pop, I go in there unapologetically strong and, and, and confident that I, I'm equally gifted and I have something to contribute that someone else doesn't. That didn't start until I was 23. 
mm-hmm. and I'm now 27. So it has been, it has been a work. <laughs> I, I want to know from you, how can we as individuals be more effective creators of our craft and our purpose? Finding purpose is a really hard thing, but I, I find that most of the time we are trying to find what we're not, so we're distracted. Everyone has has a talent. Everyone has a skill. And most people that you talk to, they'll be like, oh, but I'm not good at this. I, I'm, I'm definitely not this. But yet you can sing. But yet you can drum. But yet you are great at public speaking. But yet you have a podcast and you talk so flamboyantly, you know? That's a skill. That's a talent that you have that if you invest more time into, if you started to link up with people who bring that best part of you out and who think that part of you is is equally important, then you will embrace it. But I find that the people that we hang out with have a huge influence on who we who we get to be and who we are. So I would encourage people to make friends with people who have who sees a vision in them and in also themselves. If you hang out with people who doubt you, who always feel like, oh yeah, you can do this, that's that's good, kind of dismissive, then you will never you never challenge yourself. You never feel like you have a greater good or something that the world needs to see. But the more you start to socialize with people who have a tingling under their feet, like, okay, I, I yeah. must do this. I must try this. I must be here and want to tag you along too. For instance, you when, when we sat in the bus for, I think, a, like a five hours ride to Toronto, you brought back this feeling of yoga. I got into yoga about a week oh. ago and yeah. that was because of you. We talked about it. You, you told me how it made you feel. And I'm like, I want to get back to doing this again. Because my friend talked about it. And she told, she, she, she said it so beautifully on how it made her feel and some of the things that it made her recognize in herself. So having friends and people around you who can influence you in that positive manner is, in, is really important. Yes. Friends that inspire you. Friends that get you outside of your comfort zone by pushing you to try new things. Mm-hmm. I think it mm-hmm. also lights like another fire in your soul. I completely agree. And you are such mm-hmm. an, a supportive and beautiful friend as well to like, I've seen your interactions with friends that you've had for a while. And it's really, for me, it was really inspiring to see women supporting other women and how it, it's never about competition. And I think when you're yeah. able to get in that mind frame, it's because you believe that there is abundance in the world that yes. can all eat together and all yes. thrive and be fulfilled too. And that's, that's, that's a message that I really want to get across and, and, and encourage mm-hmm. amongst especially young people. And you're doing that. I mean, you didn't know that you had an impact on me starting yoga, but you did, right? It was just through a conversation. It was just you adding me into something that you were you were discussing with another friend of ours um, and just inviting me into that conversation and hearing from both people's perspectives, being a great listener that you are, you're able to spark something in other people. And, and it's beautiful. I think we need more people like that. The world needs more people like that. Thank you, Fatima. I appreciate it. Um, for you on, on your path, what has been a, a belief that has taken you the longest to, to practice? It doesn't have to be specifically related to your art, but more could be mm-hmm. on, a, on a personal level. Um, something that took me till this year to intentionally practice was my faith in God. As a child growing up, I was always taken to church. Church was not an, it was not an option. It was that every Sunday you'd be in church. So I grew up with that mentality. But then when I had the, the chance or the opportunity to 
individualized and say, okay, I'm not going to church today. That's when it slowed down. But last year, a lot of great things came my way and a lot of sad or down things came my way. But all of them I accepted. And at the end of the year, I realized that some things you need to pray for, whether good or bad. Um, when you meet a new friend, pray for them. Pray for their presence in your life. Pray, pray for them as a person. But I didn't start doing that till the end of 2018. But now if you go into my home, you will see that I have a whole board for prayer and, and reflection. And I have a board that, that shows the timeline and things that I'm going to do for that week. So it, it seems as though being close to God and getting close to God is, is giving me hope and courage to become a better person, a human being that the world needs and, and that other people can rely on as well. Yes. And okay, so this is something that you've been intentionally putting into your life. And that's yes. also led you like before we're recording this conversation, you led a, a youth service. So yeah, <laughs> it's not simply going to church, but it's also actively plugging yourself in the community and sharing yeah. the gifts and the knowledge that you have with young people. So can yeah. you share a little bit about what that commitment has looked like? And I'd love for you to talk also about that wall that you have in your house <laughs> and, and what your practice is. Because so, people think it's so, so weird. Like people think it's like we see Fatuma and we see and the incredible things that she's doing. But what is behind the curtain? Like what is she executing? on a day-by-day basis that, that gets her here. Well, like on a day-by-day. Yeah, it's not an overnight thing. It's true. It's definitely not overnight. Sometimes we see people and, in, and you tell them, just like I was telling you before, I'm like, I love your soul. And I know it's because you put work into being the person that you are. We, we totally have to intentionally put work into what we want others to see and what we want to see in ourselves. So being close to God um, means that I'm going to church and I'm also putting myself within the greater good. I'm putting myself out there to teach and also to learn. I'm learning from my, from my elders mm-hmm. in, in, in church. And I'm also sharing my stories, sh- sharing the, world, the, the word of God with the younger youth and to inspire them to also see great in themselves. And, and taking that home is, is being able to create a space that I can be able to reflect every morning. So every morning I wake up now, you will hear a prison worship song. I would pray and, and just like two days ago, my partner got sick. I'm like, baby, we need to pray about this. And he's looking at me like, he's like, this woman is going crazy. Because <laughs> um, we prayed so much this year than we ever prayed the other years, right? Mm. But this is a woman that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm intentionally putting work into and that I want to get closer to God with everything that I do, with everything that I invest into. And if it's not his will, then I'm not ready for it. You know, if, he, if, if it's not okay with him, then maybe it's not for me. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And does that give you a sense of like freedom and liberation when things don't go your yes. way that it's not, maybe the timing is not right? Exactly. It really does. Cause I got frustrated a lot last year. Like I said, a lot of things, I had um, a huge success last year and I'm thankful for that. But sometimes the one thing that I'm looking forward to when it doesn't happen, for instance, when a publisher gets back to me, cause <clears throat> last year my goal was to, to get a, a publisher to publish my book at AM which I got three publishers that were interested, but yet they were not aligned with my illustrations because they said it was really, really, it was too black, basically, in really? plain language. They wanted to change, huh. yeah, so they wanted to change the, the, the girl on the cover to be a little... Um, lighter? Uh, how do you call it? Lighter or to, to make it comfortable for other people. What if, if having a dark-skinned girl on a cover makes you oh, feel uncomfortable, then maybe it's meant to be there. And I had that mm-hmm. conversation with my partner and he and he was like, 
well, I see what they mean, but if this is your vision, then you should stick to it. So having yes. someone who can support you through that meant a lot to me. So it was, it, it challenged me to be daring to turn down those offers and say, you know what, this is great. Thank you for your feedback, but this is what I'm going to do. So just standing by the, my, by myself and saying, I'm going to be an individual publisher. Like I'm going to be my own um, self. I'm going to do my self publishing. I'm going to sell my books and I'll make sure I do the thing that I want to do by myself without being told how it should be. And I wrote these books for girls that are like me and, and that look like me to, to feel like, to feel as though they could do the same thing. You can become an author. You can become an artist. You can become anything you believe in. It's all in your hands. So if, if now I go ahead and change those pictures, then I feel like I've lied to the little girl in me and I've lied to these girls out there. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Wow. And it's, <laughs> I'm almost not surprised by the reception from these publishers because the publishing industry is this machine and it's dominated by a very small group. Yeah. And I think yeah. it takes a, you know, very courageous and brave people like you to say, you know, this is, this is wrong. And yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not publishing this, this book for, the people that you've like the people that are the young people that are out there that already have books that are written for them mm -hmm. and that portray them. Mm -hmm. Like it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it would, it would have been a lie to yourself had you gone through that route. But at the same time, yeah. I think you're showing that representation also really matters. And when yeah. you're, when you're on a mission and when you're on this path, no matter how hard the no is, you went with the right decision. You went with the, what your gut and your soul was telling you. Thank you. <laughs> it, 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 it could be hard to accept that, to, to have someone say that. But you don't expect that if you send your story to a publishing company, they're going to get back to you like, oh, your story is beautiful. We like the storyline. But these are some of the things that we will do. Um, we're looking to have our artists um, just re rework these art. I, it, it felt wrong. It felt, it was a hard hit for me because I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that in, 20, in 2018, 2019, this was going to be a reality. Like, it, it's like, are you serious? You're going mm -hmm. to change the art on the cover because it does not align with the general public. Someone doesn't feel comfortable reading it. Then maybe they need to hear and read more of these stories because this yes. is reality. There is diversity everywhere, yes. you know? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see what you continue to do and just break <laughs> a lot of these societal norms that are not serving our communities at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So keep yeah, sharing yeah. that message. What, what's you. one thing that has helped you get outside of your uh, comfort zone? Hmm. I would say having friends who see your vision before you can even believe in it. Um, mm -hmm. I have a really strong group of friends that whenever I pitch an, an idea to, they never sidetrack me or rework the plan. It's like they align, they see it. And, and it's like we're in sync. Having someone who can just believe in you and have no doubts that you can do it makes you almost invisible. It's like you're so, you, you become fierce. You become so daring. And I think that pushes me every day. And also my son, um, I, I want to become a great mother not that I'm not but you know motherhood is hard sometimes girl you'd be doubting yourself you're like am I doing the right thing I have all these shows I have all these like places that I have to, to, to appear at and I haven't spent so much time with my son but yet I'm creating an empire I'm creating a, a life for us that will or having him be grateful for it 
Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I might not be home seven days a week, but I'll be home four days a week. And in the long run, perhaps him and I can have a lot of play dates once mom is comfortable financially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so having a son that I feel like needs to grow up knowing that his mom did it so he he can also do it mm-hmm. um regardless of his skin tone makes me feel happy that you did it mom i can do it too mm-hmm. um and that's the very that's the that's the societal norm that i want to break because a lot of black boys the, the book that i just wrote quick who speaks to that i felt we had a wave of girl power and we forgot people who are very important we forgot our men we forgot that our men yes. also need to be empowered we forgot that our little boys also need to be told that they're beautiful. <laughs> they're yeah. amazing. Their talent and skills matter. Do you have, do you want to share with the people any other, because you just released one of your books. Um, was it last week? Yes. Last cool. week it came it out. And um, everyone, you can find it on Amazon. I will have the links there available for you. What is, like, when you have these beautiful things that you're releasing and the art shows and all these showcases, how do you, how do you celebrate those wins with the people that you love? Man, um, honestly, girl, sometimes you don't even see them as win. And this is why I need God sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> God needs this. Because <laughs> you are so, I, I find that because of, the vision that I have sometimes I can be very tough on myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't tend to slow down and celebrate the small wins because by the time that small win comes through, I already have something else that I'm trying to get to, but saying this is really important. So the book release that I, that I just had, my partner and I are going to celebrate this weekend and he's very supportive. And every time I do something small, regardless how small it is, like uh, the counselor reaching out to me saying that she wants to get in touch with people that she knows to get my book out there some more. Wow. And just um, the Catholic school board sending me an email saying that they're going to be adding my book to the Black History Month list. So all oh, those things are really wow. big and important things. And most of the time I see it and I'm like, God, this is you. You're the reason why I came to where I'm at now. And because of that, I will forever be, be grateful. So I'm really grateful for these little tiny opportunities that I get because it, it gets me closer to kids because I find that our children are, are really key and they need us now more than ever. Little kids will get to see books like this out there and, and relate to it and say, oh my goodness, not only am I reading a, a, a book with my with someone that looks like me, but the author looks like yes. me. And, and she gets to come and yes. speak to me and I get to see who she is. I think that really matters. Wow. Oh, I felt that deep in my heart. <laughs> can you, can you imagine? Because that's that. Those are you know at that age, at that very young age, there are so many beliefs and ideas that are planted that you don't. A lot of times, don't even know they're planted at that time, but come up in mm-hmm. your like young adult and adult years. And when you trail back mm-hmm. to identify where that belief even came from. I'm just picturing the the youth that you're speaking with and how this is going to ripple. Like this is generational and it's yeah, going to amen. ripple in the way that they raise their children and what they even see for themselves. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And before we head into uh, one of the final questions, I'd love for you to fill in the blank to this question. Okay. The biggest choice that I had to make to fulfill my destiny is? Is to leave certain people where they're at and move on. Hmm. What does that mean? 
So what that means is, so in 2016, I had a certain group of friends that I um, hung out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me finding myself through my craft meant that maybe they weren't there yet. Maybe we weren't going to take the next step together. And being okay with losing certain certain things for the next is is totally fine. But that took so long for me to realize that not everybody who um, is with you will grow with you. And sometimes mm-hmm. leaving them where where they're at is also okay because they're still your friends, but they are not able to go to the next level with you because they're not there yet. Maybe spiritually, um, maybe you know mentally. So there's a lot to play with that. But but that's fine. Just being okay with with losing people, um, losing certain things, just to to be at a place of peace and comfort yeah. is okay. Mm-hmm. And it also makes room for new seeds to be planted and new plants to kind of grow and fulfill in your life as well. Thank you so much. And the final question that we ask on the power of why is what is your why Fatuma? When things are not necessarily going the way that you expected, when you are tired or on the brink of giving up on your mission, what is the reason that you keep on going? And I want you to be specific. My son is my reason. I I have a vision and I pray that God continues to empower me. I want him to be proud of his mom. I want him to grow up knowing that she didn't give up on something that she was passionate about, even if it didn't give her enough finances, but she fought for her art. Like if she was passionate about her craft, so she pursued it. Um, so being for him to be able to see that if you love something so much, don't give up on yourself. Don't don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Growing up and, and being in high school, my marks was terrible, girl. Like in grade 10, my guiding counselor called me in and she's like, I feel like you're going to go to the apply route because mm-hmm. your marks are not up to um, academic standards. So we might have to send a note home with you to go and tell your dad that we're signing this form to see that you're going to be going into apply courses. Um, I got home. And I give my dad the form and he was like, Okay, hey, we're not gonna do that. You're gonna go home yeah. you're gonna go back to your guiding counselor and tell her that we're not signing this form and we're gonna try and try harder. So that sticks with me every single time because he believed in me. And I wanna be the same thing for my son. I want him to know that I believe in whatever he loves and he's passionate about, regardless what society says. I know what he can do and I'm all for it. Wow. I'm clapping. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I hope that everybody listening can also feel the same about themselves. Yes. Um, when you believe in something, pursue it, regardless what people say. People will doubt you, but you know what you're capable of. You know who you, you are not. I know Gwen always says that she says you know who you are not. So knowing who you are comes easy. And sometimes you just need a reminder from your parents or from people who, around you who've seen your hosting your greatness to kind of remind you of that. That was definitely a overarching theme in all of your responses was the importance of your circle and, and your yeah. faith as well, right? Keeping people yeah. who push you and inspire you and empower you to be the best version of yourself is something yeah. that you, um, that's so deeply embedded in all of your messages. And I'm so proud of you, Fatuma. I will support you on your journey continuously because... (laughs) And I'm here for you too, girl. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It means a lot having me on your show and just hearing my my views and being receptive of all all that I am. When I saw you, when I see you, I see art. And I hope that you know that. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Fatima. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this incredible episode. It's episode 38 of the Power of Why podcast, and you just listened to Fatima Koo.